Say one, two. Yeah, I think so. Not yet. Song and a dance while we wait. Are we on? Very good. Alrighty. So, I've been carrying my bag with me everywhere. I took it today on the back of the motorbike. I took it, uh, I just had that bag everywhere. When you travel a lot into different nations of the world, um, you pick up certain habits from, uh, from uh, experience and from your experiences and from other experiences. And uh, the reason I carry this around primarily is because it has one all-important thing in it. Which, uh, n- no, not the iPad. <laughs> which is, <gasps> where is it? <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere in here. It has my passport. So, you know, I don't want to be doing the thing tomorrow, which is, hello, darling. Uh, You know how I was going to come and see you? So, it's really important to me to look after this. This is really important to me. So, you know, whether I'm OCD and about it, I don't know. But, you know, I kept my eye on where that was. And we know, do we not, that it's always easier to look after something than to lose it and have to find it again. And when we look at, uh, you know, revival, I want to give you six steps to an open heaven of revival. Okay, six steps tonight. We're going to look at that. And uh, there'll be one, two, three, four, four. Yep, six steps. And um, we're going to look at the scriptures in a moment. But what we're really going to do is we're going to um, have a prayer, blessing, fire, tunnel. That's what we're going to do as soon as possible. Okay, so I need someone to help me keep an eye on 15 minutes and 20 minutes, alright? Everyone practice this. <coughs> okay, very good. Every 15 minutes, I want you to... You know, he got it. <laughs> you know the story about the preacher who took his watch off, put it on the pulpit, and the little boy says, Daddy, what does that mean? And Daddy says, absolutely nothing, son. <laughs> Well, anyway, um, it's important that we don't lose the presence of God because um, it takes more effort to go and find God again, to get a restoration and a revival than to host and stay in a, in a, cl- a culture of hospitality. And that's what we've been talking about. over the, We've been talking about grace, we've been talking about presence, and we've been talking about hosting the Holy Spirit. I suspect you already are very good at this. I suspect it's part of the house. So, um, in my town, uh, in my country, there's a denomination called the Elam Pentecostal Church. And I don't know whether Elam is over here, but um, you have Assemblies of God and you have Elam. And my friends lead that. It's a great network. Um, What... Uh, Even when I spoke to one of the leaders of Elam, he didn't realise is that that... um, name of that denomination came from my town, Lytham. And the reason it came from my town, I think it was 1904, 1910, there was a Holy Spirit revival in a little church in the town. Um, This is during the time when people like the Jeffries brothers and Smith Wigglesworth used to visit my town. 
and um, you know, go, go and do the stuff. You know, raise the dead, heal the sick. Their idea of planting a church, by the way, was to get the largest possible building in town and start a meeting and just keep going until it was full with people being healed in the anointing. And all of the people who got saved got, became the new church and then they'd appoint a pastor. So that's how they planted their churches. And one day, this church, this little church in Lytham, was so rammed full, they built a bigger building. And the Jeffreys brothers came to town to open this new building with Smith Wigglesworth. And uh, they came to the meetings. These meetings, incidentally, used to carry them out like they were drunk. Drunk men and women. uh, Falling down on the ground, unable to get up, staggering about. The joy of heaven was in the place. It was it was uh, familiar. All right. So that's what was happening in this place, and the Jeffreys brothers went away from that and named their movement Elim after the name of that church. So now here we are, 2012. The church no longer exists. It closed in the 70s. It had a well, I think it was late 70s. In the early 70s, um, the church had a decline. It had a split, and it was really sad. And eventually, there was not enough people left to run the church. So, what in its place? It got knocked down. There's a, a block of apartments, and the apartments are called the Elim um, apartments. And if you go out into the car park of the apartment block, it says Elim residents only. So the Lord said to us at my church, um, as a congregate, as leaders, uh, go down to that place and go and stand in that car park and pick up the anointing, pick up the ark of that revival and carry it to where you are. And so I got all my leaders together and we stood in the car park around the word Elim on the floor, which was in white letters, you know, Elim residents only. And we said, God, we're really sorry that what you wanted to do for this nation came to an end here. We're really sorry for that. But we want to tell you we love your presence and we love your ways and we love everything you did at that time. So please can we pick up that mantle, that mandate and carry it with honour to the place where we are. And, and so then we got back in our cars and we drove the mile back to my church and we got out, we went into the building and we all stood round the front of the church like this over the baptistry because being a Baptist church we have a baptistry right under the floor at the front. It's what you do, it's the womb of the church where babies get born, isn't it? And, uh, and so we stood over the womb of the church, the sheep dip. And um, <laughs> do you have sheep dips over here? Okay, sheep dip is um, it's a trough that they pass the sheep through before they'll let them into the pen. And it's got disinfectant. It kills all the bugs on them. Okay, they have those in England. So they, they, uh, they have a fence here and they have a trough that goes through and it's got disinfectant, this and that and the other. So the shepherd brings his sheep and he pushes them in and they go and come out the other side with all baptized, plunged, literally, and they come out clean and tick free in in Jesus name (laughs) so we 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 came to our sheep dip and we said Jesus we pick up this mantle we pick up the ark and we rest it here let that glory of that age be present in this age so um, there was a king called Saul and Saul um, 
went out to battle. I think it was Saul. No, it was Eli, wasn't it? It was Eli and his sons, and they went out to battle, and the sons said, hey, great idea, let's take out the ark to battle, because then we'll win. And the ark was lost. Terrible tragedy. And again, we read in um, 2 Samuel, a story of when David brought the ark to Jerusalem. And I just want to read that for you, if I may. Because I think God wants to teach us a few things about honouring the anointing and carrying his presence. And David again brought, brought together out of Israel chosen men, 30,000 in all. He and all his men set out um, from, Be- uh, from Bala of Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim that are on the ark, the glory. And they set the ark of God on a new cart and they brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it. And Ahio was walking in front of it. David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord. That must have looked quite good. With songs and with harps, with lyres, tambourines, sistrums and and cymbals. And tonight as we were worshipping, by the way, and and we got a message of freedom, uh, I really saw Miriam's tambourine in this place. You know, she took up a tambourine after they'd crossed over and danced before the Lord. Yep, he's thrown those down. And I just feel that, you know, there is a new song for New Day. And that God is going to cross you over into a new day again. It's a new day for new day, isn't it? And, uh, you know, he, we can get used to yesterday, but he's got a new day for you. And uh, you're going to cross over into another level of freedom in the Lord, another level of promise and journey with him. And so here we are. And the ark is uh, being brought out on the back of a cart. And David and whole house of Israel celebrating tambourine and cymbal when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark because the oxen stumbled the Lord's anger burns against Uzzah because of his irreverent act therefore God struck him down and he died there beside the ark of God holy 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 then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah and to this day the place is called Perez Uzzah which means you know, God broke out. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord um, to be with him in the city of David. Instead he took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite, a man of Gath. And now some people believe that he was part of David's bodyguard. So David still had enough about him to guard it. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite for three months and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. So the ark was there. Where the river flows, everything lives. Where the presence is, everything lives. Now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went down and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom. Jealousy? Competition? Who knows? To the city of God. Certainly it was a a wake-up call for him. And we're told again he brought it down with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, 
He sacrificed a bull. Did I say there were going to be six steps to revival? Alrighty. And he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. One, two, three, four, five, six steps to the presence. And he sacrificed and there was blood and and the fattened calf. David wearing a linen ephod danced before the Lord with all his might while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of the shofar trumpets. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window and when she saw the king leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty, El Shaddai. Then he gave a loaf of bread and a cake of dates and a cake of raisins to each person, coffee and donuts all round. <laughs> In the whole crowd of Israel, both men and women, and all the people went to their homes. Yay. David returned to home to bless his household. Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of the slave girls of his servants, as any vulgar fellow would do. David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father. Or any of his household when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people. Appointed me, not your dad. And I will celebrate before the Lord. And I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And Michael, daughter of Saul, just one verse, had no children to the day of her death. Wow, God wants his church to have children. God wants the womb of the church open. He wants babies coming into the kingdom, does he not? Okay, just a few thoughts and then we're going to just have a prayer tunnel. Puts the goggles back on. <laughs> How are we doing? Five minutes. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about sustaining revival through valuing the ark of his presence. I want to tell you that, um, you know, the six steps is important. Firstly, number one, decisive <clears throat> um, desire sorry, is proportionate to the value we place on something. Desire is proportionate to the value we place on something. What you really desire is what you really value. And here we see the value of him seen in the lack of the people. They knew that without God's presence, they were done for. And so they really desired, David really desired to bring the ark back. He did. And you know, um, he did it wrong, but he did have a desire in his heart. He knew what it was to be absolutely without any hope in the world. When he was caught in a cave, when he was trapped, time after time after time, and it just looked like it was the end for him, and then God came in and rescued him. Rescued him not only from, you know, the sword, but also from destruction through the adultery, destruction through murder. 
And God came in and forgave him. So he had a high value on the mercy of God. You see, it's even described that when the ark came in, there were the cherubim, there was the mercy seat, there was the blood. He understood the value of mercy. And so he knew his need for the presence of the merciful one. He he understood our lack in terms of righteousness and his lack, his abundance in terms of love and grace. And so we've got to value the presence because without him, and didn't we just start so right tonight, I will lift up the cup of salvation. That was the prophetic word that unlocked tonight for us. It just, dink, there it is. And in we go. You know, to place a high value, to place, you know, I will show my worship by receiving mercy. I will show my worship by partaking of the Passover. Isn't it incredible that God delights in the fact that we receive grace? You know, that he, that, that's his delight when we receive him? when we receive the one who is merciful. Secondly, simple obedience outweighs extravagant disobedience. Simple obedience. You know, do this the way I've told you to do it. God wants our touch, not our technology. He wants our shoulders to touch his presence. He wants his glory on us. He doesn't want, you know, a pimp my ride cart with, you know, whatever. He doesn't want technology. He doesn't want... I know people... Well, I won't say it. It is possible to think you are doing God a favour by putting him a worship CD on and then leaving the room. Just have a listen to this one, God. And then you're off out. And so you leave him in the prayer room with the CD of Rick's top five sermons. He he doesn't want that. He wants to touch you with his presence. He wants to touch you and for you to touch him. He wants intimacy, not technology. And you... And, you know, I'm not just talking about both speakers now. I'm talking about, you know, where we, we establish a machine and then leave it running. He wants intimacy with me. Connection with me. And sometimes what we do is we get very extravagant in our disobedience. And God says, I, I don't want your sacrifices in this way. I want your heart. And we sustain the presence by revealing the heart. There's a fantastic um, Misty Edwards with arms outstretched and heart revealed. It's a great song, Misty Edwards song. And, uh, and she, she talks about you know, seeing Jesus with his arms outstretched and his heart revealed. And so now she's got arms outstretched and her heart revealed to him. That's what she, he wants for us. And so the whole point of the ark was it was men of God carrying the ark. Right. Not oxen, not stuff, not technology, but the people he has chosen. His inheritance, his possession, his beloved. I am my beloved and he is mine. How are we doing for time, folks? Going to move on. <laughs> minute, can I have another minute? 
And so, you know, desire is proportionate to the value we place on something. And in this case, the highest value goes on God. He should be our first desire. We, he wants simple obedience to intimacy and to relationship and to love as the beloved shouldering his anointing. This is going to make sense of why we're going through the fire tunnel. Because we're going to place on our shoulders the glory. We're going to say, you know, with the laying on of hands, symbolically and actually, glory, I want to carry you. Presence, I want to shoulder and carry you. I won't leave that to another. I won't dismiss what you have called me to. I want to do it your way. Thirdly, finally, <clears throat> the honour is in the offering. The honour is in the offering. Um, David starts by offering God what's to hand, which in, is a cart. Something other than what God wants. When we offer what we know he wants, the honour is higher. When we think about it, and again, I've talked about hospitality. A good host or hostess thinks, what would this guest want? And they provide that. You know, do you have any food preferences? How would you, you know, do you, how would you like your room? Do you like it hot or do you like it cold? You know, what, at what time would you want food serving? Would you like to do anything? When we seek to meet the desires of the, of the one that we want to host we honour them and so what we're seeking to do is say Lord not my will your will be done how would you like us to be how would you like me to be because that's what I'll do and, and again I'm blown away tonight by that prophetic word I'm taking that one home that our highest form of worship could be to receive his grace. Incredible. I'm going to live on that one for a while, I tell you. Wow, thank you, Holy Spirit. So, be, you know, when you look at David, he had to be careful because suddenly God wasn't who he thought he was. And he had a moment to think, wow, I need to rethink this one. God's, God's not safe, but he is good. Be careful of God, but don't be afraid of Him. Be mindful of Him. In a good way. You know, um, holiness is not a bad word. Holiness is a great word. It's to do with beauty. It's to do with purity and mercy and love and, and um, the splendor of holiness. And it, it's something desirable. You know, I've come to your nation and I've gone, Wow, look at that pure water as far as the eye can see. I've been blown away by that. You know, we have lakes, our biggest lake, 10 miles long. You know, as far as the eye can see, a lake. So I've enjoyed that. But now, you know, scale that up exponentially to gazing upon the beauty of the Lord, who is in every way perfect and beautiful. And so be careful of him. Be mindful of him. Be copious in your sacrifices. Six steps David took. One, two, three, four, five, six. There was a king who lived around the same time as David. And when he 
and brought his idol into his city. It travelled 250 miles. David brought the ark half a mile, I believe. And the amount of sacrifices that David did was the same as the other guy did in 250 miles. Half a mile. In other words, the other guy sacrificed every two miles. And David sacrificed every half a mile or something like that. I can't remember the maths now, but it turned out that David did 500 times more. 500 times. Oh, six paces, wouldn't it? Every six paces. Duh. <laughs> and so, what God's calling us to is to be copious in our worth offering. And I thought it was great that you just ended again with just saying what worth, worth, worthship is. You know, giving worth to God. Giving sacrifice to Him. And being, being truly celebratory in His presence. In His glorious victory. You know, Jesus, we sing that, didn't we? Jesus, we celebrate your victory. Celebrate in the presence of the Lord. Celebrate in Him. They knew how to celebrate, didn't they? They'd have feasts, fellowship offerings, dancing, singing, shofar blowing. And so, as we think about the six steps, what I just want to say is that at the end of it all, David had learnt two important things. Don't touch the ark. Yeah. <laughs> Don't approach God in a casual and wrong way. He wants us to... And it, the reason it was important because was that the ark was a shadow of God's intention, the intention of his heart. It was a shadow in which he said, one day you will carry me. You will. All of you. You know, in the Old Testament, a few people got raised up. In the New Testament, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. You will all carry my presence. You will all shoulder my ark. You will all be priests in my house. You will all have the opportunity to see the splendor of my holiness, seen in the mercy that you will drink on a day-to-day -day basis. So, I just felt tonight, you know, we were talking about this today, um, and you said share, you know, why we did what we did. We, we found Elim, we found the place where God had done a revival and we thought, we're just not going to leave that in the ground. And so we said, God, we, we honour your works and we carry those to our hearts and to our home. And I want you to be those who carry, honour the works of God, you know, honour what he's done tonight. He's touched bodies and changed lives in this place. You know, pain has left people. He's received the glory. And so we're going to carry that, aren't we? We're going to carry a testimony of what God did today. I encourage you, you know, pour out your testimony like oil on the ground and God will just keep giving you more testimony. He will give you a testimony next week. He'll be with you in the word of God next week. In your prayers that you see answered. In the way that he opens a door of opportunity for you. So that the fires keep burning in this place. Yes, Lord. Someone say amen the preacher will stop. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you with those things. You know, be careful how you carry the ark. To carry it with joy but also with respect and value and honour. But do so joyfully in this place. And you shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace. 
and the mountains will break forth. There may be mountains, but there is the maker of heaven and earth to whom we lift our eyes. You know, mountains are big, um, aren't they? And impressive when you're stood next to one. But from space, a mountain is proportionately like the uh, peel of an orange when you look at it. If you look at an orange, next time you peel an orange, look at it and say, from space, from God's perspective, that's how big a mountain is. When you see those little dimples in the orange, Everest looks like that to God. You know, where does my help come from when I look at the mountains? A little bit higher. So, let's, um, let's, have, a, let's have fun. Let's lay hands on one another and let's, uh, you know, get ready to shoulder his presence from this place tonight. You know, the ark of God, his Holy Spirit wants to go with you to where you are from this place, in your home, in your heart. And we want to just pray for you and we want to encourage you. Already God has ministered, but tonight I want to just um, have the sort of celebration and worship. If the guys have got anything left in worship, we would like you to, uh, you know, just lead us. It can be jubilant, it can be whatever you want to do. Okay? Great. Let's stand together, folks. We're going to... Um, come down the middle. Dad, we just want to say tonight, we, we will have the simple obedience of your children. I want to encourage you, if you are in the prayer tunnel, lay hands on people, on their shoulders. Bless them to carry his presence. Pray fire, pray the glory of his, of his anointing onto them. Okay, so if we have a prayer ministry team and leaders in the church, you come stand down here. Everybody on our prayer and prophetic team line up, yep. shoulder to shoulder, facing each other. Back to back, face each other, draw your swords and shoot each other. <laughs> that policeman heard the noise. No. <clears throat> Any more on our prayer prophetic team leadership? So, all right. All right. And other, any leadership? Laura, you can get in here. Come on. Tom says, please come up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody in there? Yeah. Anthony and Nicole. Al, come on up here, leader. So what we're believing for tonight, by faith, is that we're going to shoulder the ark. We're going to carry the presence of God into our city, into our communities. And as we honor him and welcome him and as we say Lord whatever you want the way you want things done is what we are going to do in this house his presence will remain with you he will abide with you as you abide in him nobody's disqualified we are all qualified by grace tonight and so, Holy Spirit, we thank you for all that you've revealed of your wonderful presence. Thank you even tonight for the healings. Now, Lord, we pray for an increase on this house. Now, Lord, we pray for an anointing of freedom, an anointing of life in this house. 
And yes, you can go around and get more. You can get seconds. If you're hungry, get in line. You can have seconds on the house. Spirit, come! Come on, come on, come on! 